0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning at home. Good morning in the back. It's good to see everybody this morning. You can see your face or at least your eyes. and It's good to have you here this morning. If you'll please stand and sing with us. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. breath we can ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever save, worthy of every breath we can ever breathe, we live for you for you holy
1: there is no one like
0: you there is none beside you open up Praise we can ever breathe, worthy of every breath we can ever breathe. We live for you, Lord. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who can ever say. Worthy of every breath we can ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you. And holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you, so open up my eyes. i
2: Crowd today, too. That's great.
0: <laughs> For we trust in our God and through His eyes.
3: battle rages, we will stand in the fight Will
0: the armies rise up against us on all sides We will not be shaken We will not be shaken We will not be shaken shaken. For in the hour our darkest day, we will not tremble, we won't be afraid, hope is rising like the light of dawn, our God is for us, He has overcome. shaken we will not be shaken we will not be shaken greater we can do all things all those against him will We shaken. No, we will not be shaken For we trust in our God And through His unfailing love For oh, we will not be shaken We will not be shaken We will not be shaken
1: Amen. Give God the praise. Amen. Psalm 13 verse 5 says, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. Y'all are singing to the Lord this morning. So amen to that. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome you to Northside Baptist Church. We are so thankful that you uh, are here. I see some new faces. Not like nudes and you've never been here before, but new as in I haven't seen you in a while. So Uh, It is so good to see you. Uh, Those are still watching online. We want to welcome you as well. Thank you for tuning in. Um, It's been an interesting six months. I just served six months as of the first of this month, and it has been an interesting six months, but it has been an amazing six months. Uh, You guys have been awesome throughout the entire process, and it is a blessing and honor and a privilege to serve as your pastor. So I'm thankful uh, for you. And uh, I mean, we just continue to trust in the Lord. Uh, you'll get more information probably this week about what our next step is going to be as it relates to nursery and as it relates to Sunday school. So, those are going to be the next things that we're going to look to implement. And so, hopefully, you get an email from Realm or MailChimp or you're on our Facebook page. If you don't have either of those three things, then you're in trouble and you need to talk to me so we can make sure we get you our information. So, i um, so thankful that you are here. Well, we have a, a special guest with us uh, this morning, and I'm excited uh, for her to come. Uh, this is Rebecca Haddon. She's if you want to come on up while I'm introducing you. Uh, this is Donna Black's sister. How many siblings do you have? Many. Twelve of them total. Of them total. So this is one of, of her many siblings, and so God has called Rebecca to go uh, into the mission field. And so she's going to share more about that. She's going through the Southern Baptist Convention through the International Mission Board. So her purpose here this morning is just to tell you what she's doing and for you to commit to pray for her. That's the most powerful thing is for you to just not get lip service, but to say, hey, I'm actually going to pray for you as you spend these next several years on the mission field. So Rebecca is going to share about that. So will you welcome Rebecca this morning?
2: Thank you for letting me share. Ansley wanted me to introduce you as her aunt and not as Donna's sister. So just to be clear, Isaac and Ansley are my niece and nephew. And um, that's really why I'm here. Um, I recognize some of you from flag football. I see Alex and his family and, I don't know, spread out. So last season I got to um, help coach a team. So that was my connection here. But then Donna and Matt have drugged me out here a few other times. So, um, but I'm glad and I'm grateful for that. Um, I grew up in Georgia, like, my whole life I've been here, and one of 12 kids, my parents have taken us to church our whole life, so I've never remember a time where I did not know about God. I didn't believe that he existed or loved me, and so it was easy for me to, when I saw my sin, to follow him, to choose to follow him, and I did that at a young age, but it wasn't until, like, middle school, high school that I actually started reading the Bible for myself and deciding what do I believe? What does God want me to do? And up until after high school, I really, um, I was content with just being here. I had been on mission trips and gone places, but it was always like, oh, that was fun, but I'm back here, and this is where God has called me, right here, right, doing what I can do here as a Christian, which I think is true. Wherever you are, God called you to be his follower and to, to make him known to other people, But I had assumed that without ever asking him if he wanted me to do something else and so five years ago like 2015 it hit me that I had never asked God like do you want me to stay here or do you want me to go somewhere else and so I started uh, instead of praying that he would send me somewhere else I said please like help me want to go if you want me to go. Um, To give me that desire, because I think He does. He gives us the desires of our heart when we seek Him, and so He has given me the desire over the past five years, even more so. Every year it gets, um, grows bigger and bigger. But at the time, um, He told me to wait and just to be preparing, because I didn't have what I needed. I wasn't. I didn't. um, I was working a job. I hadn't like gone to college or anything. I was trying to figure out everything that I needed to do and. Um, so I just took that time to just wait on him and be prepared. And looking back, how I thought God was preparing me would have been through my professional, like, career working and, and what I was learning. But really, it was through my church. And they they challenged me to to really learn how to do ministry and to do it well. And so I can look back and say that um, I have great mentors through my—I go to Woolsey Baptist Church, so another partnering church, really, with you guys. who, um, And they have done well at training me to— to be able to learn something new they haven't taught me everything, but <laughs> um, there's still so much more that I can learn, but I think like they've really like invested in me in learning new things and being willing to trust God in them so last year up until that point, just preparing and waiting for God to direct me, um, I was sitting in a meeting with with some some other members of our church and we were planning our world focus week, which is a missions conference, and we were talking about like how can we get the congregation, the members of our church, to want to pray, give, and go into missions. Like, how can we make them want to, like, inspire them to? Excuse me. And it hit me right then, like, the Lord spoke to me and told me, like, how can you expect these people to obey God's call if you're not even willing to obey it right now, if you're not not pursuing that? And so I took that as a go-ahead from the Lord. Like, I've been, I have this desire, but I haven't been pursuing it like I should. And so at that time, like last year, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to pursue and start praying for opportunity, um, to show me where and when and how and all the questions, like answers to this. And he led me through um, friendship and through reading lots of books just to, to guide me to pray for what he wanted me to pray for. And then through, it's like a long story, but through people like you and like me, believers, I was connected to a ministry or a team working in Central Asia. Who are working to reach the unreached, and so through all of that, they they encouraged me to apply through the IMB. Um, however, at the time, I wasn't really qualified to because still I haven't gone to college, and at the time on their website they would, it said you have to a degree was required to do the program that I wanted to do, and I was like, well, that's not going to work. So I looked into other ways, but um, someone told me like, you know what? On paper, this is probably what it is, but you can just ask. It won't hurt to like look into it more. And so I was like, OK. So I, I went back, and I looked on the website. And in a matter of days, it had changed to degree required to degree preferred. And I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to apply right now before they, they fix it. <laughs> um, so I did. And it's been a long process. But um, since October last year, I went through the application, was accepted, and went to, a, um, to apply for the job that I wanted to do. And um, I have been accepted and and hired, and I'm planning to leave um, August 3rd for training in Richmond, and then after seven weeks there, I'll come home for a couple of days and then leave for Central Asia, um, where I will spend the first two years, two or three years, studying the language and culture and learning from the other um, workers who are there and already doing the work. Um, but there's not, there's not a ton that I can tell you in this setting, um, but I would love to talk to you personally. So if you have questions, I'll be here for a little while. I'm, I didn't ride with Matt for that reason because, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was giving me a hard time about not riding with him. <laughs> but um, I will be here, and you're welcome to ask questions or give me your, your thoughts and encouragement, and um, I would look forward to that, really. So thank you for letting me share oh, I guess I could share um, a couple of prayer requests too. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Could you pray for my team? There's about five families who are already there or three families and two who are going. Um, Pray for our unity, um, that we will work well together and seek um, all the one another verses, really to love one another and care for one another. And then pray for um, a love for me to love these people in Central Asia. Like, to, to love them in a supernatural way that only God can give. Because um, I, don't, I don't know them now, so it's hard to love someone that you don't know. But um, I want to, and I want to be used by God. So pray for that and for my heart to be prepared to go. So those are my three requests. But thank you.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for commenting and sharing. Second of all, thank you for being willing to go. Um, so she's in the process of getting some information printed up, and so whenever that's available, uh, she'll pass that off, I'm sure, to Donna, and we'll have that available so that you have uh, a way to get information. Eventually, she'll probably need email address, um, and she can send that information so you can stay up to date as to what's going on, uh, but those are the general ways uh, in which she, uh, she needs you to pray for her. And as she said, if you have questions, just stick around um, and ask those questions Uh, but be faithful uh, to pray for her and the work that God is going to do through her. So what I would normally do under normal circumstances is I would have those of you who feel comfortable come and gather around her and lay hands on her and just pray for her. We're not going to do that, but instead what I'm going to ask you to do is symbolically, if you'll just put your hand out just like this, as if you were reaching out and touching her, and we're just going to pray over her. So if you'll do that, let's just pray over Rebecca. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Who told us to go, Lord? You have given us the gospel, and we are to go. We are to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, Lord. We are all to pray. We are all to be willing to give, and yet, Lord, we are also all called to go. And as Rebecca pointed out, that that means right here where we are to go to those people who need the gospel at our work in our neighborhood. But it also means being willing to go to the ends of the earth. And, Lord, through years of your providence and your sovereignty working in her heart and her life, you've led her to this moment. So, Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, she'll be able to travel, that this virus will not keep, God, those who you call to be missionaries, who are willing and ready to go, who want to go, Lord, that you'll open borders, you'll enable her to get to that destination. Lord, there's a lot of training, a lot that she has to learn, including a language. Lord, give her that supernatural ability. Lord, to learn that. Lord, we pray for her team who is already there. You've already prepared the way for them, and they're preparing the way for her. Be with them in the work that they're doing. And then, Lord, be with Rebecca as she travels. As she begins to love on a people she does not know. Lord, continue just to open her heart to them. Lord, may her ministry there be fruitful and effective. Lord, I also pray that she will not get discouraged. Lord, sometimes it takes time. It's going to take a while to learn a language. It may take a while to build those relationships. And Satan may come at her and attack her and, and want her to give up. But, Lord, may she remain steadfast and knowing, God, you have called her to this. And as you have called her, you will equip her, you will make the way. And so may she just walk in that freedom. And, Lord, may you bless her with the opportunity, Lord, to see the work of your hands. And, Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rebecca. If you will stand, we're going to continue to worship together. Thank you, Mr. Curtis. Guide me, O thou great
3: Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me. O fountain, whence the healing stream doth flow, let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield, be thou still my strength and shield. the verge of jordan bid my anxious fears subside bear me through the swelling current land me safe on canaan's side songs of praises songs of praises died let's sing it now. down at the cross where my savior died down where for cleansing from clean i cried there to my heart was the blood applied glory to his name glory to his name glory to his name, to his name. there to heart was the blood applied glory to his name i am so wondrously saved from sin jesus so sweetly abides within there at the cross where he took me in glory to his blood applied. Glory to his name. O oh, precious fountain that saves from sin, I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name.
1: standing, if you will. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 13. Psalm 13. As we begin to read these verses this morning, you will immediately notice a different tone than from Psalm chapter 8, which we studied last week. Psalm chapter 8 begins, O Lord, I Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And then this morning we read from Psalm 13 and notice how it begins. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest... My enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Father God, I am thankful that as we study your psalms, we see wisdom psalms such as Psalm 1. We see psalms of praise such as Psalm chapter 8. But I am so thankful, Father... For the psalms like Psalm 13, these psalms of lament. Lord, it gives us a means by which we can express, Father, sometimes the sorrows and the pains of our hearts as we see David do here. And so God, this morning, as those who are here, maybe those watching online, Lord, some of us right now at this moment in our life can really relate to the opening verses of this psalm. We may be thinking, how long, O Lord? Lord, maybe we have brought our concerns and our burdens and even our complaints to you. Father, maybe we're in the midst of deep grieving and deep pain. But Father, I pray that we will see that though that is okay, though there is space in our lives for that, that it is always to lead us to a place in which we will trust in our Lord. And So Father, wherever we are today, Lord, meet us in this space, meet us in this moment, and may we see, God, who you are, and may we trust in you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm. Psalm 8 is considered a psalm of praise. Psalm 13 is classified as a psalm of lament. A psalm of lament. What does it mean to lament? Well, that word lament can be defined as a loud cry, a howl, or a passionate expression of grief. I mentioned weeks ago, I believe in one of our uh, Q&As with Pastor BJ, a book that I had read uh, called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Vrokop. I've got a quote here. It'll appear on the screen. Uh, I would recommend this book to you. Uh, It's a book I actually saw a friend recommend in one of his uh, videos he had done. Uh, It helps us as we think through lament and what that looks like. He says this, Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. We'll leave that on the screen there for a minute, but Mark goes on to write this. He says, Christians affirm that the world is broken. We confirm that, that we're living in a broken world, and so we feel this pain. The pain of this brokenness deep within our hearts, but we also know that God is powerful. Like we know the promises of God in his word. We know that he will be faithful. Therefore, he says, lament stands in the gap between pain and promise. And I love what he says. To cry is human, but to lament is Christian. To lament is a Christian practice that God has given us. So in that book, I found this so helpful. He gives us four words that help us learn how to lament, what it looks like to mourn and grieve biblically. And so the the outline for this morning comes from these four words. And it's amazing how Psalm 13 follows these four things. And the reason it's amazing is because Mark, in his book, takes these four words and he's pulling them from the Scripture. This is biblical. It's a biblical practice for us. God has given us a means by which we can lament, by which we can try to figure out and wrestle through pain and the promise of God. So those four words are turn, complain, ask, and trust. So we're just going to walk through this text this morning. And wherever you are, whether you're coming out of a season of lament, you're in the midst of it, or you're about to go into a season of lament, I pray this will help us as we figure out what that looks like. So the first word is turn. Turn. Keep turning to prayer. David begins this psalm. By four times, uttering these words, How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? He's asking the question, how long? But notice what he says. How long what? O Lord. Yahweh. Verse 3, it says, Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. So here is David, and he's crying out to the Lord. He's turning to his God through prayer. And in doing so, as David does this, as this is recorded for us in the scripture, man, we get a glimpse into the state of his heart, into the state of his feelings, into the state of what David is going through. He is honest with God as he turns to him in prayer. Folks, it is okay for us to be honest with God. We can express the feelings of our heart as we look around us, as we see the world in which we live, just take the last month to the last month and a half. Man, we see so much sin, so much pain, and so much brokenness. From racism and social injustice to the rioting and looting and the millions of dollars that people have lost in their businesses that were destroyed, from the coronavirus to cancer to job loss. Or we can go on and on and on. And the cry of my heart this morning, if I am honest, is how long, O oh Lord? How long must these things continue to go on? How long, O oh Lord? And so, in your pain and in your grief, and with all of your questions, do what David does turn to the Lord. Go to the Lord and begin to cry out to him in prayer. Notice the second word, complain. Bring your complaints. Now, we don't don't really want to use that word maybe. It makes us a little uneasy because when we think of complaining, right, we think of it in a negative sense. Like we're just being negative, we're complaining. But I think it's an appropriate word because listen to what David says. I want you to notice five things, five things that he's wrestling with. Number one, notice David felt forgotten. He felt forgotten. Will you look at his words? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? He says, forever will you forget me. This isn't a one-day struggle for David. This is a prolonged struggle. He's wanting to know, Lord, when will it end? When will these things end in my life? At some point in our life, if we are honest, we have all wondered, has God forgotten me? Has God been so busy with other people? Has God been so busy with his creation that he has forgot about me? Right? You look around and you see other people and you think, man, God's blessing them. Everything's good in their life, but not mine. Right, You think, has God forgotten about me? We've all had the experience where we walk into a restaurant and we're seated and a minute passes, five minutes pass. Ten minutes pass, maybe, and no one comes to your table, right? No waiter, no waitress comes to your table. What happens? You start getting a little frustrated, don't you? I do. You start looking around, and you begin to notice everybody else has their drinks. Everybody else has that loaf of bread that you don't have. They've got their food. They're being taken care of. If you're like me, you don't just say, ah, it'll be fine. They'll come. You start getting frustrated because everybody around you is being taken care of, but you're not. There are moments in our life, if we are honest, that we are waiting and waiting and waiting and we begin to think, God, have you forgotten me? You know the hard thing about waiting? You have to wait. You have to wait. David is waiting and he cries out with a sincere, honest heart. He brings his complaint to the Lord and he says, have you forgotten me? Oh God, notice what else he says. How long will you hide your face from me? Chapter 12, Psalm chapter 12, verse 1. Look at that with me. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. That's a psalm of David. David feels in Psalm chapter 12 that, that he's alone, right? That the godly, faithful men have abandoned him. And now he comes to chapter 13, verse 1, and he says, How long will you hide your face from me? David feels abandoned. He feels abandoned. When we talk about God shining his face upon us, what we're saying is God is being favorable to us. God sees us. God is blessing us. And now David, in praying, how long will you hide your face from me, is confessing that he feels as if God has turned his face from him. That God has abandoned him. That God is no longer being favorable to him. Look, if we're honest... Sometimes God seems far away in our life. That's what David is expressing here. God, you seem so far away. David also, you'll notice, felt anxious. Verse 2, how long must I take counsel in my soul? The CSB translates that, how long will I store up anxious concerns within me? It's as if David is having these constant dialogues. He's counseling in his mind. It's making him more and more anxious, more and more frustrated. So he comes to the Lord and he says, how long must I take counsel in my mind? Notice number four, David felt sad. How long, right, must I have sorrow in my heart all the day? I love what James Montgomery Boy said about these verses. He said, these verses speak to dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions. You ever been there? Dark thoughts and uncontrollable emotions. C. a Spurgeon, who wrestled with depression his entire life, called this the dark nights of the soul. David is expressing that he's going through the season of his life, right? And what happens is we become so prone to focus on our failures. Sometimes we get into an emotional funk. And when we get to this point, when we're tired of waiting on God to come and deliver us or to change our circumstances, what do we do? We often do what Abraham did and what Sarah did. We say, okay, we'll take matters into our own hands. We're tired of waiting on God, so we'll settle for plan B. Listen, plan B never works as well as God's plan A for your life. So don't try to take matters into your own hands. But then notice what else we see here. One last thing. David felt defeated. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? you have any enemies? David did. Many. Chiefly King Saul. And maybe this morning you feel that you have enemies. Maybe you feel that someone has turned on you, abandoned you. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. But hear me, we all have a greater enemy, and that is Satan. He is our worst enemy, right? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Our ultimate battle is against Satan, and he wants to destroy us. And so he attacks us in our time of waiting because sometimes in that season of waiting, we become easy pickings. Satan says, oh, she's frustrated with God. Man, I've got her. right? He's, he's disappointed with what God's doing in his life. He's disappointed with the plans of God. I got him. Right? Earlier we sang the song, though the battle rages, we'll stand in the fight. Though the armies rise up against us on all sides, we will not be shaken. Listen, we are in a battle. We know everything that is happening here is ultimately a result of sin. Right? Everything is a sin problem that is been manifested in many different ways. And ultimately, our enemy is Satan, And so we are going to constantly feel like we are in a battle. But our battle isn't against one another, it is against Satan. Now hear me. David has just honestly expressed his concerns. But to complicate matters for us as Christians, here's what we think. We think, listen, Jesus came to give me life more abundant. So I am to be walking around with abundant life. And yes, we are to have abundant life. The New Testament tells us that we are more than conquerors, right? That we, we have victory. And so we know in our hearts and in our minds, listen, I'm to have abundant life. I'm to have victory. And yet inwardly, I am struggling. I am in a dark night of my soul. If David were to walk in in this condition and you were to say, hey, David, how you doing? I don't believe David would have put on a false smile and said, yeah, everything's okay in my life. I think David would have said, you want to know how I'm feeling? I feel abandoned, forsaken, I'm sad, I'm filled with sorrow, and I feel defeated. See, part of our struggle is that we know we're to have life more abundant, so we feel like we can't be honest with one another. To say, listen, I'm not walking in that abundant life. I'm hurting. I'm angry. I'm upset. David doesn't hide his feelings from God, does he? So why do we try to hide our feelings from God? I read this week, Psalm 94 11. The Lord knows the thoughts of man. Right now, God knows what you're thinking. So if you're thinking about lunch, God knows that. If you're thinking, man, I hope pastor wraps up soon, God knows that. Right? God knows what you're thinking. So if you are hurt, if you're angry, if you're trying to process what is God doing in my life, God knows it. So why not just tell him? Why not just say, God, I don't get it? God, what are you doing? God, this doesn't make sense. I'm hurt. I'm angry at them. I'm frustrated with them. I just don't understand. David, David comes and he brings his complaints to the Lord. Some of us are hesitant to do that. Some of us have no problem doing that. All we want to do is complain to the Lord. So hear me. I believe Psalms of Lament Show us there is a way for us as Christians to lament. But hear me. You can't stop at the complaining. Because David doesn't stop here. It's okay to bring your concerns, your complaints to God. But you can't stop here in the grief and the uncertainty and become bitter and angry at God. You have to keep moving through the process. So what do we notice next? The third word is ask. David In bringing these five complaints and sharing his heart to the Lord, he then says this, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Lift up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Verses 3 and 4 are the turning point to this psalm. Everything changes as David begins to come to the Lord and ask boldly. So after he turns to God in prayer, after he's honest with his struggles, he then asks God boldly to do something. And what does he ask God to do? Notice, he says, consider me, O Lord. Consider me. Look upon me, O Lord. David feels that God has turned away from him. And so he asks God to turn around, to look in his direction once again. He says, consider me, O Lord. Then he says what? Answer me Oh Lord, speak to me. Be still and know that I'm God. Pray God, answer me. Speak to me, O oh God. And then I love, I love what he says here. I light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. C. H. Spurgeon translate this let the eye of faith be clear that I might see you. You know what David is saying? He's saying, look, God, I'm struggling with all of this. Consider me, answer me, and enable me to see. Give me the eye of faith that I can see once again, God, who you are and what you're doing. Answer me. See me, O oh God. Then he says in verse 4, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. I believe in David. Praise this. David is concerned with the glory of God. Because if David loses and his enemies win and David says, I'm on God's side and God is for me, and David loses, David is concerned that God will get a bad reputation. So David is praying, God, don't let me lose because your name is at stake. You show your glory and your power in the midst of this. I love what Mark writes in his book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. He says, pain has a way of awakening us to our need for God's help. It shines a spotlight on our powerlessness To control everything. Listen, I don't have all the answers for you. Those of you may be watching online who are in the midst of a season of your life in which you have all sorts of questions for God and you do not understand nor can you figure out what God is doing. I don't have all the answers to that. I have two cousins, Christy and Carrie. They have both in the last five to seven years had to bury their mom and their dad. My mom has had to bury her brother, uh, her, her sister and her brother-in-law. I can't, I can't tell you why. My two cousins have had to bury both their parents, and my parents are still living. I don't have the answer to that. And I cannot imagine the grief that they've had to experience in the midst of walking through that. But what I've seen, particularly with my, my cousin Christy, is I have seen her just want to surrender to the Lord. And she's had to walk through all of these things, but ultimately, all of the pain and all of the suffering that we go go through is to lead us to this point, verses five and six. And the last word is trust. You must choose to trust God. Do not miss what happens here. David goes from whining to worshiping, from despair to delight, from sighing to singing. From probing to praising, from griping to gladness. You and I might wonder, is this the same person? From verses 1 and 2 to 5 and 6, this can't be the same David. Yes, it is. It is. And David changes because he chooses to trust God. Look at verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. That word steadfast love is the Hebrew word hesed. It speaks of God's covenant, faithful, promise, keeping love look david may feel abandoned but here's what david knows deep down david knows deep down god can't abandon him you need to hear me this morning if you are literally seriously struggling with has god forgotten me has god abandoned me does god love me and care about me yes god can't abandon you you know why because it goes against his nature amen Maybe you guys are asleep. You guys might be thinking about lunch. God cannot abandon you, right? Amen? Amen. There you go. You guys were great singing. Don't fall asleep on me. right? Um, God can't abandon us. Listen to what Isaiah 49 says. Verse, Verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. The Lord says, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. David felt abandoned. He felt forsaken. But deep down, David knew God could not abandon him. He will never fail, never disappoint, never leave us, never forsake us, never abandon us. He just has to get us to the point where we realize that and remember that. See, not only is God always there, but he is always loving us. David says, "Right, your steadfast love. Charles Spurgeon was walking through the English countryside with a friend when he noticed a barn with a weather vane on top of the barn. And on top of the vane were the words, God is love. God is love. Spurgeon remarked that this was an inappropriate place for such a message because weather vanes are changeable. Spurgeon said, but God's love is constant. They shouldn't have put that up there on the weather vane. But Spurgeon's friend disagreed. He said, You misunderstood the meaning. The weather vane is stating the truth that no matter which way the wind blows, which way the wind blows, God is love. That no matter if you're on the the mountaintop or in the valley, God is love. That is unchanging. He has not changed. Although David doesn't understand why or when, he does trust in God's unfailing love. And he rejoices in God's salvation. And it says he sings unto the Lord because the Lord has dealt bountifully with him. You know the best medicine sometimes for us when we're discouraged, when we're down, is simply to sing. It's hard to sing and be sad. It's hard to sing and and stay miserable. Throw on some Christian music and see how long you can sit there like this with a frowny face on. If you're really listening to the words, right? Eventually, you may start praising God. So hear me this morning. Wherever you are, whatever you are facing, however dark the clouds may appear, This morning you can find grace and you can find mercy. David cries out, how long? And hear me, this is not only the cry of David in the Old Testament. This is the cry of the martyrs that we see in Revelation chapter 6. Let me read a couple verses to you as we begin to close. Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain, For the word of God and for the witness they had borne, they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? The cry of my heart this morning is how long, O Lord? And I I turn on the news You begin to read the newspaper, it's just so much destruction and so much death and so much hatred and so much pain and so much suffering. And what do we say? How long, O Lord? Jesus, how long until you come? How long must these things continue to happen until you come for your people? Revelation chapter 20, verse 20 says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. How long, Jesus, till you come for your church? How long? James Montgomery Boy says, I cannot tell you when the emotional oppression will lift, but it will lift. The curtain of your despair will rise, and behind the veil you will see the blessed Lord Jesus Christ who has been with you and who has loved you all the time. Well, church, God is a God who rescues us. God is a God who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us from our sin, which was our ultimate need. So this morning, wherever you are, turn to the Lord. Turn to Him. Bring your complaints. Bring your concerns. Bring them to Him. And then ask Him, but hear me, you must trust Him. You must trust Him. Let me read Verse 5 one more time. If you have it, I want you to look there. Verse 5, and then we're going to close. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. Notice it does not say, God, I'm trying to trust you. I'm doing my best to try to trust you. I'm thinking about trusting you. What does David say? I have trusted you. Maybe you've been thinking about giving your life to Jesus. That's great. But unless you actually give your life to Jesus, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe you've been thinking, look, God, I'm going through difficult times. And I know I need to trust you, but hear me. Until you can actually come and say, God, I have trusted. I'm all in. Trusting in your steadfast love. You will never experience God's deep mercy in the midst of the dark clouds that surround you. So will you this morning simply... Cry out, God, I'm trusting you. Will you close your eyes and bow your heads? The reality is every single one of us in this room has been through a how long, oh Lord, moment. Some of you are there right now. Some of you have a friend, a family member that you know is walking through those moments right now. Would you just pray for them? Right now, would you just use this moment to say, God, they're in the midst of some dark clouds. So, God, would you just show them your deep mercy? If that's you, man, I just want to encourage you to, to reach out to somebody this week. Look, if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, if in the midst of this coronavirus, man, it's just taking a toll on you, and you think, look, I can't be honest, I can't share these things, I'm supposed to, 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 to seem happy all the time, I Man, would you just reach out to somebody? Look, the worst thing you can possibly do is try to internalize those things and keep silent. I and mean, we're here to help you, to walk with you. Will you just reach out to somebody? Maybe you're, you're watching online. I mean, would, you just, would you just Google our church website, call the office, shoot an email this week, and just say, hey, will you pray for me? Will you help me? Will you encourage me? Maybe you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Therefore, you have never experienced the mercy in the grace of God. Right now, will you do that? Will you just cry out, Lord Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. God, have mercy on me as I have walked away from you, as I've lived in rebellion of you, but I'm turning. I'm turning away from my sin and I'm turning to you, oh God. And I'm crying out, Lord, save a wretch like me. Listen, it's okay. It's okay to complain. It's okay to be honest with God. But if you stay there, you will become bitter and you will become angry and you will become like many who now hate God because they never moved beyond the complaining to the asking and the trusting. We must get to that point where we say, God, you are in control and I trust you. Father God, would you just speak? Would you speak to your people now? Spirit of God, move in this place, move in the living rooms, move in the the dining rooms, move in the hearts of those who will watch this later. God, may we say, I have trusted in the steadfast love of the Lord. You are good. You are good. And you have transformed your people. We have joy. We have been saved through Jesus Christ. May we walk in that abundant life. But when we are struggling to walk in that life, may we turn to you and turn to the help of others. Oh, God, we trust you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me make some announcements uh, before we uh, end our service. Uh, so uh, we begin to kind of go through some phases. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the next thing we're going to look at is the nursery and then Sunday school. So I will send out an update, a message uh, on that this, this week, giving you more uh, details. We will have nursery starting next week. Uh, Somebody want to say amen to that? Any any parents want to say amen to nursery? Um, So we will start having that during the worship service. And so uh, there's going to be some uh, guidelines in place and and just work with us. We're just trying to be as safe and cautious as we possibly can. Uh, We have a deacon's meeting today at 3.30. So if you are a deacon, make note of that. Don't forget, uh, you can talk to Rebecca. She's making herself available if you have some questions um, and then just be on the lookout going forward. Some more information as to how you can uh, pray for her and how she can reach out to you. One more thing, uh, Vacation Bible School. Uh, man, this, this, these first six months, there's been a lot of first that I would have had the opportunity to experience, but unfortunately I didn't get to experience because of the virus. So uh, I'm looking forward to Vacation Bible School. And at this, plan, at this point, our plan is to go forward with it. Um, and so you can register for Vacation Bible School. You can either go to our Facebook page. You can go to our church website. There's links from those two places. You can register uh, your kids. You can register to serve. Just again, it's going to look a little bit different. There are going to be some things that we put in place. um, And so just just work with us. Be flexible. Uh, But we do plan on doing that and just trying to love on our kids love on those who will who will come and so share that news and make sure you register for that that is july 6th through 10th so put that on um your calendars all right if you'll if you'll stand let me close with the word of prayer and then um we will conclude our services father god as we are about to walk out of this place, this building, this moment, and get in our cars. Lord, we may think we know what this day, this week, this month will look like. But God, the reality is we don't have a clue. Therefore, every step of our life, Lord, we need to take a step of faith, trusting in you. And oh God, there will be the mountaintops And Lord, we thank you for those, we praise you for those, but Lord, we also know there will be the valleys. And God, as painful as those are, we thank you for those as well, because Lord, it is sometimes in our darkest moments, in our hardest moments, that God, we experience and feel your presence in a more real way than we ever have before. And Lord, we know that you will meet us. Whatever we go through, wherever we go, whatever we do, you will meet us right there, Lord. You will not forsake us. Remind us of that. And may we, as we live out this week, choose, oh God, to trust in your steadfast love. And we will give you all the praise and the glory for that. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so if you... us, Those of you on this side, you're going to go out